this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The Jay Allen Show is streaming now on safetyfm.live. Well, hello and welcome to The Jay Allen Show. Today's Tuesday, August the 25th of 2020. I want to let you know that today's conversation takes a deep dive into the book, The Practice of Learning Teams. We're going to talk about the book, the idea behind the book. We're also going to talk about a contest about giving away a few copies of the book. And this is not going to be exclusive just to the U.S., but it's going to be open worldwide. So sit back, enjoy this conversation that I have today with Brent Sutton, Glennis McCarthy, and Brent Robinson. I think you're really going to enjoy what they have to say. Welcome to the Jay Allen Show. So I wanted to do this, and as you guys are aware, you know, wanted to definitely have the conversation, but wanted to take a little bit of some different approaches of what Todd had done, if you don't, if you don't mind. But of course, wanted really get into the book as well. But I don't know this, and I think the audience might be interested. But how did how did the group get to know each other? How did the the whole thing kind of start? Uh, Brent and I, we go back quite a long way, don't we? Uh, we went, we went, we started, um, we first met each other in high school. So it's a long way, long time ago. So now was, who was in, were you in New Zealand or Australia or neither? Uh, New Zealand. Okay. Both in Auckland. And so, so Glenn, uh, go ahead. No, sorry. I was just going to say, you know, it started off uh, uh, in an interesting way and it's been a friendship that's endured over the years. So it's been good. But at that, at that point, what, what's the, what's the common interest back then? It's, it's not safety at the time. So what, what brings you together? <laughs> um, well, back then, I think it was <laughs> photography. It ended up being the thing that we uh, both got into. Wouldn't you say, Brent, that would be the common interest back then? Yeah, and a bit of hate. I think those two things. Yeah, a bit of hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to go further with that. <laughs> I was going to leave it alone, but, you know, but Brent went there and that's fine. You know, we started off on either sides of the... Um, of the uh, playground, probably, at one stage, you know. So, uh, <laughs> end up getting together in the end. <laughs> okay, so th- this is the PG version, then. Brent Robinson would say he was in the cool group. I was saying <laughs> I'm in the cool group. So, so, somehow, one of us were in the cool group. But we'll let that one work out over time. <laughs> <laughs> So then at what point does Glennis, when do you come into the picture? So Brent and I worked together um, before before I really came into sort of um, working exclusively in health and safety. Brent and I worked together at the National Centre for Adult Literacy um, in the workforce. And a lot of what I did then was supporting um, companies and governments to think about how they could um, engage with workers that might have literacy and language barriers um, around lots of different contexts, but a lot of it was around health and safety. Um, so we were working together. I think we've been working together now, Brent, what is it, six or seven years? Yes, yes. Um, easily the equivalent sentence of murder, I would say. And uh, <laughs> Boy, it's just rough for today. Yeah. No, look, it was, it was fascinating because, uh, Jay, I had uh, just sold my business to a multinational 
and I was spending some time to, to reflect and I was really uh, interested to explore this whole notion of uh, what, what I called safety literacy. And at that point, the organisation Glynis was working with was, was looking for some um, assistance or some support around the whole health and safety component. So I, I basically felt that it was so left field that it might be worth spending a bit of time together. And, and I have to say it's been very enduring since that time, Glynis. You chose the word enduring. Um, I think a lot of our practice has been um, has really been enhanced by the time that we spent uh, together working um, it, it, for the National Centre for Adult Literacy in the Workplace. Um, it certainly frames a lot of my own practice, and it really makes you think about some of the barriers that impede really good engagement with with workers. Um, and given that we, you know, acknowledge that workers bring some expertise, a great deal of expertise around um, work is done, it's really good then to have quite a firm understanding of what those barriers might look like in terms of language, in terms of literacy, um, in terms of how you have to um, sometimes present information in a different way um, because of those barriers that might be in place. So let me kind of flip the script a little bit here. So Brent Robinson, are you involved at this point too, or are you not involved in this particular sequence? I'm not involved in that sequence. Brent and I, though, have, um, you know, been involved with sort of discussing safety over the, probably over, God, Brent, I'm just trying to think, probably over the last six or seven years. And in the business that I've been working in, we've used um, Brent's business quite a few times to get, um, you know, to help us with a lot of stuff, um, all the way back to a major incident we had in Auckland in one of our operations in Auckland. And, you know, and then speaking with Brent, one of the things that I was getting out of it, so I came back, I came from a quality background many years ago. And, you know, I've been in operations and in sales and marketing and product development. And... I was finding with safety that, that you know we're having doing these instant investigations, and you know it was it always seemed to end up around the um, blaming the worker, and when and then speaking to Brent, we're having these conversations around well you know it's your systems, the systems that you've got are weak, and you know the workers don't come to um, work to be hurt, and you know that really sort of. Um, aligned with me because it's the way I thought about quality and Deming and the way Deming approached quality about, you know, get rid of the checklists and, and these numerical goals that you're having. And and then he introduced me to Todd and that's when I met you guys last year. And, it, you know, it really, um, it was that aha moment, you know, where said, this makes a whole bunch of sense. It's, it's what's, um, you know, what's new is, or what's old is new again, and, and it's aligning with safety now. And I really liked it. And really, and that's, we've had this ongoing conversation for a long period of time. I've done, you know, some work in lean. And the two things to me really align. And that's sort of where Brent and I have been discussing how the two things work really well together. And then, you know, doing little micro experimentations where we can with different businesses. And I do some um, mentoring some, for some smaller businesses in Australia as well. And um, we've been trying it out there. And it's been really interesting. And so my real interest now is in this construction market and, you know, construction safety. And that's very much about, you know, lots of forms and lots of ticking and flicking. And um, it's, I think it's time to see how we can improve that. 
not saying that that's wrong. I think you need that some of that you need compliance. You need those compliance tools, but I think you can have much better conversations around safety. Oh, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And now the interesting part is that you mentioned Deming and then you mentioned Conklin. And so let me kind of just ask the question, who discovers Todd Conklin stuff first? And which is it a book? Is it a presentation or is it the man himself that's discovered? I, uh, I, I think I, I discovered Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's what the question is about. Um, right. And uh, it was interesting, Jay. Uh, a, a good friend of mine um, uh, said, "Look, I'm I've got a free complimentary ticket for this um, conference, and um, there's this crazy guy talking. Would you like to come along?" And um, <laughs> not much has changed. He is still crazy, right? Yeah, and I, I looked at my calendar, and I had a bit of free time, and I thought, "Well, what's the worst that can happen? I end up getting a free lunch." Mm-hmm. And um, I was sitting here listening to this to this guy, and, and in the book I talk about it. You know, Todd's opening slide is you know never mix a sleeping pool and a laxative together. And um, you know, for, for whatever reason, that that resonated with my dark humour. And um, you know, it, it's been I suppose I call it a bromance ever since because <laughs> what, what, what Todd talked about really resonated with my um, deep underlying um, principles and value. So just to make sure that some some of the people that might have not heard the other episode that you were on here on the show, that was the event where they lost his suitcase before he got there, correct? Oh, th- things are always lost when Todd travels. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I think that was probably one of the cases, absolutely. No, because if I remember correctly, you had mentioned on the last time that you were on, or the second to last time that you were on, that that was when he was in shorts, I believe it was, his Crocs and on the stage in, in that aspect. Uh, yes, yes. Which would, <laughs> would be great if you're arriving in the Bahamas, but um, he was here in the middle of our winter. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> so as you guys start taking, a, so you take a look at this, and so do you go into pre-accident the book next, or do you take a look at better questions first? Because I want to get to how did you start lining up to get to your book? So what are you taking a look at at his work right away? Are, are you starting from the very beginning? Well, look, I mean, Better Questions was was the book. I mean, I, okay. I've, I've read all of Todd's books, but I suppose for me, um, putting Hop aside, uh, because, you know, that, that that's its own sort of area, what what drew uh, probably my attention the most was about this notion of learning teams and this whole concept of um, looking at things from a uh, restorative component rather than a retributive component and how learning was so important. And, and I think that resonated very strongly with the work that um, uh, Glynis and I had been doing um, as, as well, about understanding what that learning looked like. Um, and, and at the same time, I was um, uh, uh, completing my uh, uh, certificate in adult education and it also sort of teaching the diploma in safety. So all these things all sort of molded together. It was just a lot of it was purely coincidental. So who do you go to first? Do you go to Glennis first or do you go to Brent Robinson first to talk about what you've discovered? Uh, both. Both. I, I I raved on to both of them like a madman. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was he was super excited by it. And he's he's trying to explain it to me. And we you know, we live about two thousand kilometers apart. So I'm trying to understand and you know, going onto the web and and working out 
what he's talking about. And, um, you know, those moments that you have, we, my, uh, youngest is involved in a youth group and they do a lot of outdoor adventure and stuff. And they had a major incident where, um, one kid fell and ended up being airlifted. And, um, so they did an incident investigation about why it happened. You know, although they're young and, um, their risk uh, profile is slightly different to ours as we get older. And anyway, they came out with all this, this paperwork and Brent said to me, he said, what you should do is get the kids together and get them to do their own risk assessment. You know, you're trying to get 14 year old kids to read 10 pages of risk assessment written by an adult. And we did, we did, we ran a learning team and it changed the way that that organization um, looked at it. And it was really, really cool. And it was just like, wow, here's these kids who are actually doing it saying, well, these are the risks I can see when we do this and this and this. And then we, we got them and it was run by the kids. So the older kids, um, worked with the younger kids. We gave them the framework about the questions and then they came up with their mitigation. You know, they had adult help with some of that stuff, but Mm -hmm. we then took a photo of the, uh, sticky notes on the wall and that was their, um, that was their document they went with. And it oh, was just, very nice. It was like, wow, you know, if we can get young people to do this, you know, and we had a couple of crazy things like, you know, could get eaten by a dinosaur or you could, you know, meteor strike or something <laughs> like that. But, you know, but the group actually funneled it out themselves and it was totally unimpeded. And, and, and I said to Brent, I sent, him the, I sent him a couple of photos and a bit of video we had of it. And I said, wow, I see what you're talking about now. And it so just went on from there. So, Glennis, let me go to you real quick. So, when you hear this and Brent Sutton's talking to you about everything that's going on, what are you thinking at the time? I What I thought was that it is an extension of a lot of work that I've done prior, but in the in purely in adult education space. Um, so, for me, the idea that you can talk meaningfully to a group of workers um, about a situation that they are, they are facing and that they can bring something to the table, that makes sense to me. Um, I think that sometimes we have to change our approach because sometimes, as I said, they, the, work, they, the workers might have quite diverse skills. So you might not be able to communicate the way that you might do with, say, management. Um, so you might need to change your approach. But the idea that um, talking in a really meaningful way to a group of workers about what they have expertise around uh, really does make some sense. And it is something that uh, Brent and I were doing probably in a slightly different guise um, when we had worked previously together. So when we started talking about it in in this sense, in a health and safety sense, um, I thought it was an extension of practice. I thought it was something that really has the potential to do um, provide a great deal of insight and value in terms of how organisations marry the difference between how they think work is being done and how work really is being done. So as the group moves forward, what do you take away from better question? What principles, what concepts do you say, okay, we're going to use this to make the, the, the book, I mean, the practice of learning teams. What do you decide that we're going to use these key concepts or principles to move forward with? I, I, I don't think it was as easy as sequenced as that. Um, <laughs> it never is, of course. No, because no, <laughs> we really were experimenting. We, we, we were taking those those core principles. Well, they could, actually, they weren't core principles because they they weren't defined as core principles. But but we took the that I suppose what Todd was trying to say, and we wanted to micro experiment. We wanted to push our boundaries, 
And and when it worked well, it was amazing. And when it didn't work well, I really struggled to reflect on that because I, I took it about that I was sort of lacking somehow. And I think the the, the uh, if we go back to the epicenter, what made us then drive to want to go to that next stage was um, that uh, both Brent Robinson and myself we we came up to uh, went up to Denver for that um, for that that group. That I think it was we call it the, the big speak or the big uh, the big the, discussion the big, the big discussion. discussion. I almost called it the big question, but yeah, it was the big discussion. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's where we met you, Jay, for the for the first time. And um, I, I, I was sitting there, and I could just see that this this really gr- this group of highly intelligent individuals doing this stuff for a very very long time still had these um, what I term wanting questions. And and I said to myself, you know, if these guys have been doing this for a long time, and 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 they're still um, questioning themselves in certain areas. Uh, maybe what we need to do is actually to um, support them or insist them by by making some of these um, principles more transparent. And then we're really fortunate that uh, Todd came down to New Zealand just over a year ago now and uh, did a nationwide tour of our country uh, talking about learning teams. And um, both Glynis and I were um, uh, met up with Todd and of course, we met up over lunch because all the best things happen with food. I might add, <laughs> and, um, and and that's that's where the challenge came out. Was you know, if you want to make a difference, write a book, and that that's really where it stemmed from there. So, what is the, what is his selling point to you at that time? What does he end up telling you in regards of make a difference, write a book? What what does he tell you? Because I know how Todd is. So how does he go about doing this? Because did he come that straight out and say it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I I remember what mouthful he was eating at the time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because it it really was about the whole thing that, um, uh, because we're we're having an interesting conversation about this whole notion of of weaponization. And, and, you know, I've seen a lot of systems – uh, be given bad names um, because people have weaponized them, not not through their own failings, but simply because they knew no better. And I, I saw that that learning teams in particular um, could become uh, such a powerful means of of understanding that we we really owed it to the community to to try and support them and to give us some. Uh, I, I suppose better um, uh, reflection or, or, or build about what type of skills did a, did a person need. Now, at this point, is, is this when you have the conversation with him about actually doing the forward to the book, or does he offer this up to you? What do you recall, Glynis? I, I don't think we ever talked about that. I, I think that we no. imposed that on Todd later on. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think um, certainly from my from my perspective, we had been talking to Todd. A little bit about what we were trialing and what we were, what was working for us, what wasn't working for us. And he said at the time, this would be a really good thing to put down on paper um, because these are the struggles that everybody else has when you start to embark on learning teams. Um, you know, you just said a, a few moments ago, Brent, 
that, you know, there, there are times when you think, oh, this is so easy and it all just sort of comes together and you just come to the end of it and you think, oh, I'm so great at this. And then there are other times where you think that was really hard work. It was really like pushing the proverbial uphill. Um, and you think, oh, what could I have done differently? And certainly early on, we did a lot of discussion between, um, between us all about what was working, what wasn't. And I remember that Todd had kind of just asked those pivotal questions about practice and it really made us think about, well, what is working for us? What are the times that we feel that we're more successful in terms of that facilitating role? And what are the times when actually it's really hard work? What is it that we could do differently? to really engage with this group of people and to help this group of people do much deeper problem um, identification rather than sometimes where we would let go of it and it'll get straight over to problem solution. So for me, the, the reason that the book came about was that Todd was saying to us, talking to us about practice, getting us to review our own practice, and he was then saying to us, you should write this down. So, Glennis, do you contact Brent Robinson to let him know that this is the the next idea that's coming up, or does Brent Sutton do so? I think I think we we all need to pay homage to Brent Sutton. Um, he is the mover and shaker amongst us all. Um, he is the fellow that <laughs> says, "Right, this is what's happening," um, and and he's certainly the spark between us all. I would agree <laughs> with that. Uh, you know that you guys are putting this on recording saying that he is the mover and the shaker of the group, right? I just want to make sure we're clear here. I've, I've, yeah. never, I've never won a dance contest yet. <laughs> <laughs> that he's admitted to, at least, anyway. <laughs> well, the next time you come to the U.S., we might need to make the change on that, then. <laughs> there's well, an offer, Brent. <laughs> I think, Jay, there's enough flashing lights in your studio that we could turn it into a dance floor. <laughs> uh, we could probably do so. So... The idea is now presented. You decide to move forward with the book. What do you decide to start using? What is the data set that you that you say, okay, this is where we're going to move forward with? Uh, look, uh, fr from my point of view, here's the irony. Uh, we decided to run a learning team about learning teams. Oh, that's that's so that's so awesome. <laughs> so tell so tell so give me the layout. How does this work then? How how does the learning team about learning teams? How do you present it? And who's the who's the group consist of? Uh the three of us. Oh, okay. Um, and and of course, I spoke to Todd, and and he said it's, it's either going to be the best freaking thing ever, or it's going to be a total disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we'll, we'll let the readers decide on that. Yep. Um, but but at the end of the day, uh, it was really important because it allowed us to reflect. And and from that reflection process, we effectively came up with a structure for the book. Uh, you know, using some, you know, using a mind map, we basically created some structure. And I don't know how the other guys feel, but um, in a lot of ways, we actually stuck to the structure. And there, you know, there was ongoing discussions along the way about what it was looking like and you know, and we discussed all the different um, programs out there like Lean and Agile and those type of things and then just use some of those experiences that we were having currently on, you know, in the in the, um, in the very recent era to look at those and go back and look at them again. So who has the first panic moment of saying, are we doing the right thing? No, we need to rewrite it. Who's the first one to, to have that moment? Um, I don't know. I think I had a few panic moments. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I had lots of panic moments. And a lot of the time, um, Brent Sutton 
was the one to say, let's stay focused. Um, I think what, what we have tried to do is we've tried to sort of maintain a sort of a story sovereignty. And what I mean by that is that we have talked about our experiences through our own lens. So it very much is, is about a journey that's, that's authentic to, to each of us. Um, and so we've really tried not to um, sort of stray away from this is what our experiences have been, this is how we've done it. And you certainly see a lot of that narrative um, in the middle of the book by Brent about different different times that we've used it with different successes, with different barriers that have been put in place. Um, and I think that that's why this book has worked so nicely, is that we've not stepped on one another's toes. We've all brought something quite different. We've all got a slightly different perspective on um, on learning teams, on what it is that we can contribute to the space. Um, and I think that, that that's really why this has worked really nicely. Well, I look at this and I'll tell you, I was lucky enough to actually get an early copy of the book. And as I looked at it, I really felt that going over the information, it really expanded a lot on where better questions left off, kind of some of the components that it was building out. And I have to say, if I had to word it very shortly, this is going to be the gold standard of learning teams. This is going to be the book that people will need to read to have a better understanding of it. And I know that that's probably a, a terrible oh. pressure point to put you on as you're on the line with me. <laughs> but as you can see, based on some of, some of the things that have happened since you released the book, a lot of people are already, already getting, you know, the book's getting a lot of attention. So there's, we'll call it phase one here. What's going to happen next? Is there another sequence? What do you, what is your plan, your next plan? And I know we're kind of in the middle of a pandemic right now, as we fully are aware. But where where are you taking this next? Well, well the good news, Jay, from from um, sort of my perspective, is um, living the furthest um, <laughs> furthest country in the world from everywhere else. We, we're used to dealing with um, distance and time. So for, for us, uh, the pandemic is simply an inconvenience for 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 a period of time, and we're wanting to use this uh, as an opportunity uh, to build community because. We have always been used to being able to do things remotely. Um, you know, face-to-face has never been an issue for us um, from that perspective. Uh, I think, once again, from the very beginning, we uh, talked about the fact that there had to be three books, the, these things, that there has to be some form of um, sort of continuum for that. So so the practice of learning teams was was really about establishing that, that, that base um, uh, layout. And I have to say, from from my point of view, uh, Todd's uh, uh, second to last book around the, the principles of, of human operational performance re- really helped because you know one of the things that that we 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 uh, I think one of the very first things that we did was to define what were the five principles of a learning team because that was the bit that was uh, the term missing is not fair that the person when they read the better question book had to work out for themselves what those core principles were. And, and we wanted to be slightly more overt than that. And, and it's no different. Um, Todd's book around those five principles has really helped um, Hop move along that direction. So, so we felt to pay homage, we would do the same thing about learning teams. Now, let's kind of go into that for a moment as we kind of go further a little bit down this path. 
you also want people to be fully aware that this is a separation of learning teams from Hop. Why did you decide to go down with the, on this particular angle with it? Well, from my, from my perspective, there's, there's two things. There are groups of people that are very evangelical and they love what I call the latest shiny toy and they typically jump from system to system. You have that um, other group um, that will try things out and if they don't work, they'll, they'll, they'll blame others. I've certainly seen um, from a health and safety perspective this uh, divide between what we call safety one people and safety two. And I understand why those divides exist and those divides aren't solvable. But we felt early on that uh, learning teams was so powerful that learning teams could sit across any existing system and approach. That, um, you know, when you try and put new systems in, we, we talk about the issues around convincing leadership about creating those champions, getting those groundswell. We, we felt that learning teams um, wouldn't face those same types of issues because learning and improving um, is a fundamental concept. What's your thoughts, Linus? Yeah, very much so. Um, I think that learning teams, for me at least, is a framework to have meaningful dialogue. And I think sometimes we forget about doing that. I think sometimes we think that we are doing it but actually what we're doing is very one-sided. So I think that this can complement an existing system. I don't think it needs to be a system aside from. It is something that you can use to get further and deeper understanding about what's really going on and how people are inferring things, how people are translating ideas, um, how people are doing things. So for me, this doesn't have to compete with existing systems that people might use or existing frameworks. This is a framework so that you can get more meaningful dialogue. Brent Robinson, what do you what do you think? Well, I, I looked at it from a lean perspective, and then it just it it you know we'd been using you know five whys, and there's nothing wrong with five whys, but when we were applying it to some of the stuff that we were doing. Um, we found that you know if we opened it up and and didn't put a numeric around five or four, or we didn't feel that we'd done the right job, only getting four Ys instead of five when we're doing some of these things, and we just opened it up and and let people have their input, and each and, and each person had a different level of input, and it was really really good, and it deepened the conversation. And what I liked about it, and you know Brent has talked about this quite a bit you could see the difference between individuals learning together and the organizational learning. And I um, used a couple of lean tools that we use to try and capture that and say, well, this is what it looks like. So we could share it relatively easily across, you know, the organization. And it was, for me, it was about that deeper learning. And, and, uh, you know, there's a couple of instances that we talk about where, you know, we just, got some stuff out of it that we would never have got out with any of the other tools that we were using and we're still using those tools and I and I'm I totally agree with uh, Glynis that it it just adds a new level to what you're doing and I, it's incredibly powerful and you know now there's a nice framework that you can say well we you know whereabouts are you on that on that learning teams learning um, journey and and 
and reflection was the other thing that really came out for us as well. You know, let the guys and, and um, girls go away and, and think about and then come back and get them back together again. And all those things just really started to gel on these, on these different areas that we looked at. So as you take a look at this whole thing across the board, so Brent Sutton just referenced a few moments ago that there's going to be a book two and three. Now, if people, I know that people are going to get their appetite wet with the book. What if they want to know more information? Do you have anything that's going to be coming up um, really geared towards the practice of learning teams? Like, is there like a workbook, a companion book, something along those lines to take a deeper dive? So, so ultimately, uh, but part of the process going forward, Jay, is, is is the practice of learning teams really establishes that that framework, that that ability. For, um, and, and I think one of them, but if I just take it back a little bit, one of the things that I learned from Glynis a long time ago was that we can't get practitioners to improve if we don't show them what good looks like. And part of that whole adult education piece um, that I've seen that's been missing a lot in safety around the world is that if we can't show someone what good looks like and we don't give them the ability to understand where the gaps are, how can they possibly go down a journey of, of improvement? So book one is about that. Book one is about giving those people those, those, those principles and as, and as part of that, we will be looking to um, offer support to community um, around that um, by extending that. Um, we've included in the, in the book um, a whole raft of uh, free resources, and those, those resources can also be found on, on, the, whips, on the website uh, learningteamsbook.com as well. And we are currently looking at how can we uh, offer other types of things to the community to support them better in terms of things like um, creating some uh, journal-type products or uh, just ongoing um, uh, support and mentoring. And, and we're even having that conversation about a book club, that ability for people to get together and simply reflect on, on what they've found from the process. Yeah, I think the, the one thing that I would, um, as we were talking, I think the one thing that we should possibly expand on is that notion of community of practice. Um, and the thing that I really wanted to sort of um, maybe put across is that this is how we have developed this book, that we have a community of practice amongst the three of us. And we've seen the real value of being able to test our ideas out with one another um, and use one another as sort of almost like sense checkers. And I think that so much of what we're trying to achieve is a bigger notion of community of practice with practitioners that really can be from anywhere in the world and that we have opportunities to test out and talk about what's working for us, what aids good practice, what detracts from good practice, and how do we make sure that we are canvassing the right information, both in terms of um, really providing workers with insight about how work is done, but also, as equally as important, for organizations um, so that they're able to, to use that information and to inform practice. And now how soon are you thinking about going to market with something like this? Uh, within the month, basically. And then, of course, you know, I'm going to have to ask a couple of questions because I'm always curious about this. Are you putting out an audiobook version of this? Of course. Um, and once again, the, the, the interesting internal conversation is um, – uh, 
because the book is made up of of three people and the forward by Todd Conklin, um, you know, having those four voices across that book will be quite powerful. And, you know, we're going through that learning um, experience at the moment on the whole um, audible side of it. And, and the good news is that that once we've gone through the pain and suffering of the first Audible book, the rest should become <laughs> relatively straightforward. Yeah, I, I, I've been told that in the past. Uh, some guy named Todd Conklin has told me that a couple of times. Yeah, look, even the difference between the printed book on Amazon and the Kindle book was a fascinating experience um, for which I conducted my own learning team on. <laughs> So you know I'm going to ask the question because because there's there's people out there that have asked me. We have briefly discussed it, and I think it might be time to let people know if you're okay with it. If not, we're kind of already on the hook because I already started talking about it. Can we talk about the podcast? Absolutely. Would you like to so, start? <laughs> so you, I, why don't we just why don't we throw it to somebody else and let's see what they have to say. Let's get their feeling about it. Are you doing a podcast? Yes, we are. Now everybody's heart sunk, and now let's move forward. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, I, so, so, give me the reference on on how this is going to look. What have what learning teams have you done to to set up the podcast? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> um, you know, and, and we've gone full extent. We've done a complete mind map on this. Um, so, so the first thing is um, we wanting to do something that's a little bit different. Uh, and when we say different, uh, we're looking at a podcast series where we're going to alternate between a practitioner's journey with um, with learning teams, and we're going to alternate that with the ability for a community to participate um, in a podcast as part of a learning team with the three of us. So, so the, the basic concept of, of the show, and of course the show is going to be called the, the Practice of Learning Team, so that sort of makes perfect sense, is that um, uh, when we look at a practitioner's journey, um, we'll, we'll, we'll interview a person, we'll look for about five key components from that, and then both myself, Glynis, and Brent will get together and we'll reflect on what that practitioner shared with us, and, and we'll provide some of those reflective views to the audience. At the same time, we'll ask the audience to um, participate uh, in an online survey about how they felt about it and also the types of things that they are trying to um, deal with. We're going to take those then and then create that into the second part of the format for the show where we can take what, what the listeners are grappling with and then run that as a learning team with the three of us. So, we're so essentially, podcast. this podcast is going to be heavily driven by your listeners, audience members on what they want to hear to move forward. Is that correct? Yes, because they're the experts. We're not. We're the facilitators. And then you had told me separately, and I don't know if I should bring it up now, that Glennis is the main host for the whole thing. That's yeah. That's what we all agreed. Oh, okay. Yeah, Glennis is not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Glennis. We couldn't hear you. I guess. I guess we'll just. You're agreeing to it. Okay. Cool. She's nodding ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> I should just put out here that I'm really good at making scones. Okay, really good. <laughs> <laughs> 
So do you have, so all joking aside, is there a rough date or a scheduled date for this to start for, for the, for the first episode to come out? What are you looking at timeline wise? Uh, I, I'm hoping Jay that if it goes to plan that we'll be talking um, sort of uh, early September. Okay. If we can. And then just, just for us to be 100% open this particular podcast will also be joining the safety FM network of podcasts and the radio station aspect. That way people out there can take a listen on either method of what's going on. I've been very excited about this actually taking place, but I knew I couldn't talk about it until we did our interview here. So I'm really excited for what you've done with, as what the group has done with the book and what you're moving forward with. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience or more information on when they can get more info about what's going on with the book? Uh, from from our perspective, uh, the uh, you know the, the the podcast is is really become the 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 front end of this. Um, that's going to be about providing that community that ability to participate and and build from that. And uh, yeah, the, the the book is really part of that learning experience for that for that person. And uh, we'll we'll continue to um to sort of uh, uh, promote that whole um, building a better community. I, and I think from from my point of view, that's going to be so important. And, and it may be that we end up with um, separate streams around um, safety, quality, and operational excellence. And, and the thing that we haven't really spoken about, Jay, is that for, for many of our listeners, they have always thought about learning teams within the perspective of uh, doing post-event investigations or you know post, post-event reviews. And uh, this book really, um, I suppose, shatters that view and that, that we believe that, that learning teams are going to be uh, just as powerful, uh, not just in after things have actually happened, but also around uh, the management of change and also around this concept of a uh, everyday learning team, which is building that distinction between what workers learn and what the organisation learns. And that from an everyday perspective, that is the ideal opportunity for organisations to learn by gathering uh, what we call um, the intelligence or that, that business intelligence that is happening with the workers in an everyday environment. So we're really looking to extend that whole notion of uh, operational learning, which is, to me is really, really exciting. Yeah, uh, we, see a, we see a lot of opportunity in that particular space around the everyday learning and and gathering, as Brent said, what the workers um, are learning individually. I, I see that, you know, in, in the construction industry, I see it being really important. Um, and you know, there's, there's going to be some great value derived from that as we move forward. So yeah, that's, that's a super exciting part of what we're doing at the moment. So when you first came up with the idea as a group for the everyday learning team, what sparked it? What was the, what was the lead that said, okay, boom, this is what we need to move forward with. I, I and if I look at it from, I was doing some work with um, a couple of large construction companies, and they, you know, they have these pre-starts every morning, which is a lot of very bored people standing around for, you know, 20, <laughs> twenty to thirty minutes a day. And so what we did is we flipped that round and then started asking the team that was there, you know, what were the issues you're having yesterday? What could we do to improve them? And, and, and then trying to start that conversation off. And we started getting all this really cool feedback. 
and then it was about capturing it, and then and the really important thing was doing something with it after that. And so and Brent and I'd spoken about it a few times because he, you know, he ex- and Glennis had experienced these pre these pre start things they do, and um, you know, if you've got a hundred people standing around on site and you're doing these pre-starts all over the place and it's 30 minutes at, you know, $90 an hour, you, you want to make them as valuable as you possibly can. And that's where I really got, um, I got super excited about, about that because that's the stuff that's coming in every day and how do we capture that and, and how does the business um, derive some value out of that as well as the people doing the work. And, you know, it's really interesting because it really came back down to that question about, um, you know, Work is imagined versus work is done, <laughs> and 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 understanding that difference. I still think that a lot of us suffer at understanding exactly what that means, but I I'm glad that you bring that up, and I'm and I say that sarcastically almost to an extent, um, as I mentioned that. So if people want to get more information, where can they go to get some more info about the book? Uh, right now, the the website, um, so uh, 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 learningteamsbook.com is is the best place to go to at the moment. Um, we're, we're currently sort of, you know, busy in the background, um, getting some platform component um, built up, and um, for, for uh, you know, for people in the uh, the, the the Europe, um, um, you know, uh, uh, North America, South America, Asia markets, um, the books on Amazon, both in print and Kindle edition. Uh, for our listeners uh, based in the uh, New Zealand and the Australian market. Um, uh, the Kindle version is available for download straight away. Uh, obviously, they have to wait for the book version. Um, if not, uh, they can also pre-order the book on the same website, and we're shipping that out from here. And uh, as you know, Jay, we're simply waiting for some stock to arrive at the moment. Oh, I thought you were going to turn around and you're telling me that um, you're making author's copies where you're doing all three of you are signing them. <laughs> no, pr- no pressure there. Sure, uh, I'm not sure how COVID nineteen relates to that. Because, yeah, um, probably will not go too well. People are like, don't touch anything right now. Yeah. You know, but anyways, I- <laughs> you're using a different pen. <laughs> yeah, and and lots of hand sanitizer on the page afterwards. Yeah. Um, we, and look, we we would love to come and do a book signing in the US. Um, I'm just not too keen on, on the two weeks of isolation when I arrive and the two weeks of isolation when I return. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do that, might as well commit to coming here to Florida. I'm sure that you would really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and as we spoke with Todd the other day, I, I'm, I'll be building my own little bubble, my own little world to live in during, during that time. I totally understood. Well, Glenn is Brent and Brent. I do. Glenn is Brent and Brent. I really do appreciate you coming on. Thanks very much, Jay. Really, it was fun. Okay, Safety FM listeners, a lot of information to unpack here, that's for sure. I appreciate you taking a listen to this episode that we have going on today. But let's talk about a couple things that came off the show here. The Practice of Learning Teams is now available on Amazon. If you're interested in taking a look for the book, you can go to amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash safety FM. And we have the book readily available right there for you. Also, the practice of learning teams podcast will be available on safety FM coming next month. So we'll actually have some more information about that as it tends to start rolling out. 
Additionally, if you're interested in the chance of winning a free copy of the Practice of Learning Teams, go to safetyfm.com forward slash contest. That's safetyfm.com forward slash contest. This contest is open worldwide. So let's make sure that we're clear on that one. To find out more information about what's going on with the practice of learning teams, the community, and the book, go to go to learningteambooks.com. A lot of information right there. We're going to actually have some more information in the notes at the very bottom of the episode. Anyways, thank you for always being the best part of Safety FM, and that is the listener. I cannot tell you how excited I am about this new book, The Practice of Learning Teams, with authors Brett Sutton, Gladys McCarthy, and Brett Robinson, forward by Todd Conklin. Remember, Safety FM is the home of real safety talk. We'll be back with another episode of The Jay Allen Show before too long. Goodbye for now. Want more of the Jay Allen Show? Go to safetyfm.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.